0: I'm your host, Prince John, and you're listening to the Prince John Podcast. And my goal is to provide nuggets of the word that will make the body of Christ operate in its full potential. Hello there, and welcome to part one of the series of Road of a Warrior. Let's read a verse from the Bibles to, to begin with. Uh, let's turn to 1 Samuel 17, verse 26. I'll be reading from the New American Standard Bible. Okay, let's read. Then David spoke to the men who were standing by him, saying, What will be done for the man who kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should taunt the armies of the living God? 1 Samuel seventeen twenty six. Now, this is one of the iconic moments of the Bible, right? when David, a shepherd, takes on Goliath, the champion of the Philistines. Now we know what happened and we know that this is one of the incidents that gained David people's approval. He became a celebrity in one day. However, uh, it's interesting to see that what led to this moment of triumph. Now, David was anointed some time ago to be the king. This anointed young boy still was serving his brothers, right? He was taking food to his brothers. Ever since, it's a very good lesson for people who think they are too important to be serving, right? I mean, I'm pretty sure you'll come across such kind of people who think they're very important. Now remember what Jesus said, the greatest among you shall be your servant. David just did that without complaining. You don't have to be so important that you cannot serve just serve now moving on david goes to deliver food for his brothers who are in the israelite army and he hears goliath's challenge now david was not the only one who had heard the taunts and insults of goliath right and and he so even even the israel army heard the taunts and the insults by goliath against the army so what was the difference now, David was the only one who reacted. You can't be super anointed and be really, really powerful and yet ignore the taunts of Goliath. But David was not like that. He did not wait for for a word from God, did he? He did not just say, let me go and check with my pastor. He did not say, let me go and check with Samuel. He just said oh, who is this uncircumcised philistine by the way that he should taunt the armies of the living god now this is so powerful even though you know we just read this it's so powerful now when the israelites saw that this guy from the philistines camp was coming towards them taunting them they saw a champion they saw a guy so tall so strong and they thought that they will not be able to fight against the man now the israelite, israelite army definitely forgot about so convenient right to about the past victories and everything that god had done before they forgot can you imagine they forgot that it was the same god who had helped them win, win over the giants canaan and yet one giant and they were in the panic mode the problem with them was that they perceived, they, they went by what they saw. They saw a huge man and they they saw by what they, they went by what they saw. And it was by their five senses, Why what they perceived. They saw that Goliath was huge, great, and heard of his greatness. He's a champion. Who are we? However, David changed the narrative. Now, you don't see David talking like that. You don't see David talking about this Goliath's greatness, his size and his looks or whatever. Now he looks, looks at things differently. He sees an uncircumcised Philistine rather than a champion. <laughs> he saw the fight as one between a person with a covenant of God of armies and the other person without a covenant. For him, it was just a simple fight. The victory was assured. He didn't even doubt for a second that his victory would not come and he would not be victorious. I mean, that was never in his mind. I believe if anyone from the army of Israel had stepped out seeing the things the way David did, they would have won too. I believe that truly. However, David was the only one who kept confidence in the covenant of God now we need to ask ourselves one question what would happen if we weren't in david's place what would you see would you see goliath coming at you full fully armed so tall and would you look at the outward appearance of what the problems are or would you look at the covenant of god would you see it as a problem between a person with a covenant and another person without the covenant. Do you see it like that? You may wonder what kind of Goliath you have to face every day. But we all do have to face Goliaths every single day. Now, do you, um, let me ask you a question. Do you give more importance to the doctor's report or to the word of God which says that by your stripes we were healed? But more often than not, people ask to give more importance to the doctor's report the moment they hear that they have a certain disease. They get so much in panic mode. Now, do you, like the rest of the world, say, oh, it's flu season, make sure you get your shots, and be in fear? Or do you like the rest of, do do you believe in the word of God? For a person in covenant with Christ, there's no thing as a flu season. Every season is a new season for a believer of God who prefer the new creation. We don't have to worry about the flu season. The flu season has to be worry about has to worry about us. If you actually think about what the flu season is, it is a season where the devil attacks. And if you are getting prepared, just physically, and not on the base of spiritual means, you really need to think about that. That wouldn't. That was not what David would do. That was not what Jesus would do. We don't have examples of them doing something like that. Now, when you hear about a bad report about our locality, where you live, by the way, and Goliath might scream at us saying that, you're next. What do you believe? Do you believe in God's covenant which says that I will never leave you nor forsake you? Do you look at Goliath in the eye and say, get behind me, Satan? And do you say to Goliath and Satan, you have no power over me or my family. You will not touch my family in Jesus' name. You have no authority over me. You have been defeated and the one who is in me is greater than you, even on your best day. Do you say that? Or do you just start preparing yourself for something bad that could happen to you? And I know a lot of people will say that is the wise thing to do. But think about it. Did David do the wise thing? When he stepped out and faced Goliath, was he doing the wise thing? The wisdom of this world is not what God wants. God's ki- God kind of wisdom is different. God's kind of wisdom never operates on the basis of fear. Now once in a church, I heard a pastor prophesying to another pastor that God um, is going to be with him in the next season. Um, then the very next moment, the Howard Queen pastor spoke to the congregation and he said he asked them to pray. You know what he asked them to pray for? He asked them to pray for God's presence in the next season. To we even believe what is being prophesied to us? Believe in the promises of God. Now, leave that prophecy, okay, even if there's no prophecy, In Deuteronomy 31.6, we read that, we read God saying that He will never leave us nor forsake us. And I don't know about you, but He doesn't leave me nor, nor forsake me. The Goliaths often have portrayed God as someone who would leave His army and leave us to fend for ourselves. But that's not true. He's not just the God of armies. In the New Covenant, He's our Father. He's our Father. Jesus is our brother. He will fight till the end for us. He will fight. And since there is no end for God, he will always win. Right? Now he is so powerful. He will win. And he loves us so much. Don't fear Goliath. If David did not fear Goliath based on the old covenant promises, how much more should we not fear Goliath based on the new covenant promises, which is written in Hebrews 8, 6, our better promises? He does not have any authority over us. You know, I often get reminded of some uh, about Smith Wigglesworth and um, some of his stories are so fascinating if you read. I mean, I would recommend you read uh, Smith Wigglesworth books. So good. Now, Smith Wigglesworth spent approximately 36 hours in continuous preaching and praying and he was so exhausted. It was uh, after days of work and it was in the early 1900s and late 1800s. Uh, And it was so much work those days and they had to go outside and do a lot. And he was exhausted and he came back and he he slept. And, uh, you know, approximately 30 minutes after he had fallen asleep into a very, very deep sleep, he woke up and, I mean, he felt that someone was shaking his bed. (laughs) Imagine that, right? Now he opened his eyes and saw an evil spirit had manifested itself sitting at the sitting at the foot of the bed and he cleared his eyes and he said oh it's you and he rolled over and went back to sleep can you imagine that can you imagine this guy i mean i mean he saw the devil and he just said oh it's you look at the think about about the insult the devil would have felt right but on the other hand what do we see today now we hear that we hear a lot of people even believers referring to her, to the to satan as so powerful and and he i mean they keep talking about how powerful the devil is and how much havoc he has been he has been doing to the world and i feel that the believers are actually giving satan too much of praise to be very honest they have become so Satan-centric. I remember talking to a lady, um, and she was talking about the devil. But it didn't make much sense when she was talking because she was saying he, it, that person, that thing, uh, and while referring to the devil. And I was like, okay, um, who, who, who are you talking about? I mean, And she was like, Hmm, him, him. And she was like making eye gestures like that because she didn't want to talk, say the name devil who cares say his name he won't do anything to us he cannot because one who is in us is greater than one who is out in the world we are not supposed to live in fear we're not supposed to be in fear of the devil or Goliath of anything or any Goliath we are supposed to live in, in in complete confidence in the Word of God now, the Bible says, grace and peace be multiplied to you through the knowledge. We need to know all these things to have peace. We we find rest in his promises. Now, I should warn you. The moment you... Now, the moment spiritual realities become real to you, and then the moment you don't go by what you see and what people say to you, but rather by the word of God, you will change... In every aspect, you will change in the way you see, you look, you talk, and the way you carry yourself. Everything will change. Now, and this will offend other people, especially believers. I've noticed it, because most of the people don't understand this revelation that that the you have more authority than the devil. They they feel that you know even God comes to steal, kill, and destroy. feel that Jesus wants to torture us into into being a good person that's what they believe so I remember when I landed in Canada for the first time and there was this um, some of people with but good intentions I would say and they they came to me and said okay you know they're believers and they said um, it takes around three to four years to get settled over here in Canada and uh, so uh, brace yourself, you know, for the next three to four years, you know, just, just uh, don't worry. They were trying to comfort me in a way. And I appreciate them for doing that. But um, but I, then I told them that, you know, God promised me to give me a job uh, within four months. And he said that he would give me a good job. And... Suddenly I saw that their tone changed and uh they, they kind of started seeing me as a prideful person, just because because I showed confidence in the Word of God. I thought they would be praising God with me, but instead it just backfired on me. Now I mean, this, these stuffs will happen the moment you change. People will say you have changed, you, you're, you're very arrogant, you don't talk the way you used to before. Now, when, when we, we, we talk as if we are in control of things, the world talks as if the world controls things. When we hear about evil stuffs which happen in the world, we don't panic anymore, right? We don't panic anymore. And a lot of the times when people actually show examples of good people, who were preachers the word, who died early, and they say, look at what happened. Look at what happened to them. It could happen to us. And Satan uses those examples. But look at what David says in Psalm 91. A thousand may fall beside me, ten thousand all around me, but it shall not come near me. When he says about this, it made me think, when a thousand falling around you is in the context of war, like, a lot of people are dying all around him, but he's saying that. Look at his confidence. It's the same David. He's saying that it will not come near him. Now, people will not like this. People will not like this confidence. Now, remember what Jesus said in Matthew 10, 25. It is enough for students to be like their teachers and servants like their masters. If the head of the house have been called Beelzebub how much more the members of the household So don't worry Jesus has been called worse. So we will we be called arrogant. but That's okay. That's that's fine Dear brother and sister in Christ You are in this world to make a difference Don't think that you are in this part of the country or this part of the world or in whichever place you are Don't think you're there just to earn something. Don't think that you've made an economic migration or you're there, you've just been born there. You've been there at this season to make a difference. You've been there, you're not like David who in the beginning thought that he was just going there to deliver food. You're not. You're not there to deliver food. You're not just there to deliver food. You've been there to fight Goliaths. But for that, you should believe in the covenant. You should believe in the promises. And for that, you should know the covenant. You should know what God has to offer. You should know how good God is. That's how important it is. Now, what we see is temporary, but what we do not see is so eternal. Let's actually look at that eternal promise and move on. Because God is with us. And let his name be glorified always.